Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Welcome, everybody, to the Launch University Podcast. I am Kevin, and I have the pleasure of being here today with my good friend, Chris Thomas of Made South. Uh, Chris is an entrepreneur. Um, he is a, he's a CEO and founder of Made South, as well as the CEO of Eli Mason, which is a, pr- a premium uh, mixer for a cocktail mixer, right? Yeah, I would say I'm not the CEO anymore. No, I technically partner? am referred to as the chief executive partner. Hmm. Of the LLC that that owns so Eli try, Mason, so I call you a partner. In, in yeah, a yeah, partner. yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, let me do that again. And I, I would keep this in there, Kevin. I'd okay. say, okay, yeah, you're a partner. Like, okay, man, you ain't got to go back and edit this. Oh, 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 all right, this is real, man. It is I real. Love, I love hearing the real side. I, I, love, I didn't want to butcher the. I didn't want to butcher the intro. Oh, no, man, you know, that, <laughs> no, it, this is inside baseball. And I think a lot of people like hearing that stuff. Well, good. Well, everybody, I'm glad you're hearing this because this is our second time recording the interview <laughs> because I I had I butchered the recording process. So um, so Chris was nice enough to let me have a second attempt oh, man. at an interview that was going incredibly well that you will never hear. But today, Chris and I are sitting down talking about his business, how he's gotten here. We actually worked together uh, at Dave Ramsey's organization a few years ago before he went out and launched Made South. Um, where he led the ad sales for the Dave Ramsey show. So no small deal there. And and then when he went out to do this, um, I always got to, to cheer him on as a, as, a, as a friend, but also got, a, got to admire the work he was doing. Um, and it really helped me, I think, in my entrepreneurial journey to, to have the confidence to take the leap that I made uh, just a few months ago. And so Chris and I are sitting down today. So Chris, welcome to the podcast for the second time. Thank you, Kevin. Yes. Hey, it is an honor to be here again. <laughs> Well, I'm, 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 yeah, you are a second. You're a second time guest, but a first time uh, was a long time listener, first time caller. The first time around, I said something really cool about your bow tie. You like did how you weren't wearing it, and how I loved that it. it was casual, Kevin. You did, but casual Kevin or dressy Kevin, it doesn't matter to me. I just I love Kevin. And casual Kevin forgets to push record. So today, are we recording we, right I, now? I have no, I've triple checked that we are recording. Um, so so Chris. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I know there are a lot of listeners who are new to Made South. So I'd love for you just to introduce the company and what you all do, and then we'll kind of dig into your story. Sure. So I would say um, this is kind of an evolving answer for me. Over the last 18 months or so, we have exclusively been an event company, and we would say we create events that celebrate the best of the South. And what that kind of involves practically is the best makers food, drink, music, and art in the South. And if you're okay with it, I'll tell you really quickly why we kind of focus on those five things. I'm a firm believer that if you want to go to any part of the world and learn about their culture, you need to dig into kind of five things. You need to dig into their local economy. What are the people making here? What are they spending their money on? Um, you need to look at what what are the what are the foods and the drinks that they're consuming, that they're putting in their body, the flavors of that region. And what are what are the pieces of art that they're consuming? What does the what does their music sound like? What kind of novels are they writing? Uh, so those five areas, we would say, makers, food, drink, music, and art, those are going to be components, one or multiple of all the events that we do. Now we've done events exclusively over the last eighteen to twenty four months. 
we're changing a little bit. We're still going to do events, and I love events, and they're at the core of what we do. But we're going to launch a podcast network as well, and we're in the process of doing that now because I want to create more content for people who who love the South and who love Southern culture. And also, I'm exploring this idea of, of a person who is Southern curious, and I'm fascinated by those two words because I believe that and this is kind of at the, the core for why we do everything. I believe that there are a lot of people outside of our region who have never spent time here. They've never spent time with our people. They've never eaten our food or listened to our music. And they have this predisposition. Is that the right word? Of what a Southerner is. And typically, that is a Southerner is a dumb, racist redneck. And you and I both know we have our faults. We've made our mistakes as a region, and I don't run away from that. But I choose to focus on the positive things of the South. I choose to, to say, who are the people who are kind and welcoming and hospitable and creative and smart? And let's involve those people, whether they're chefs or distillers or brewers, musicians, makers, candle makers, leather makers. Let's involve those people in our events and tell their stories, because I feel like the more we can do that, we're trying to foster a better, more creative future for the South, if that makes sense. It does. It does makes, it? Okay. It makes yeah. sense. So that's, that's kind of at the core of everything we do, whether it's events, whether it's podcasts, different content that we'll create. Um, I want it to be telling those good stories of the South. That's awesome. So, so as, I, as I mentioned a moment ago, you know, we were together when you were in ad sales mm-hmm. for the Dave Ramsey show. One of the things I also know is that, you know, when you dig into your story, it gets pretty rich pretty fast. I mean, even the first line on the about picture of your website starts with... Oh, crap. What does it say? I lost my mom suddenly in 2011. Does it really? First line okay. on, the, on, the, on the about page. And I remember like just how striking that was. Um, I was like, man, that's the first line. Like, what I mean, you know, like, that's a big deal. And so a part of me is wanting to understand, like, what, what what's your story? Like, what, yeah. you know, what, you know, what got Chris to this point where he's doing what he's doing right now? Um, after spending 12 years with Dave Ramsey. So Dave hired me back in December of 01. I was, I mean, I was like fresh, man. I didn't know anything about anything. Uh, I did not have a college degree. I was kind of wandering through life, but I knew I was a big Dave Ramsey fan. My wife and I had been given tickets to see him in Louisville. And uh, it was as an engagement present. My mom said, hey, you, you." my mom took me aside. She was in banking her entire life. She was wow. very smart with money. And she took me aside after we got engaged and said, you are dumb with money. And it was the absolute truth. And so she said, here's this guy named Dave Ramsey. I want you and Kimberly to drive to Louisville this Saturday. And I want you to see him. And I want you to listen to what he has to say. So we did that. We drove up and back same day. Hmm. Uh, changed my world. I was blown away by what I heard. And so I started pursuing him aggressively to be a client of mine. And so um, I was in like a, I, I, I mean, God bless them. My cousins run a, um, a promotional products business, physical mm. marketing goods, yep, yep. pins, and, you know, fly, you know, different things that you use that you get, knickknacks, you put your logo on and you promote your business. And they were kind enough to give me a job there and basically just, I mean, they just put up with me for like a year, year and a half. But I, when I heard Dave speak, I started sending him letters 
and I said, I want to, I want to, I want to work with you. I want to do your pins or whatever you need that you need to put your brand on. I want to be a part of that. And so, uh, ultimately he gave me an opportunity to do that. We worked together for like maybe a year. I was over there one day meeting with some of his team members about a project they had going on and they offered me a job. Said, wow. Hey, what would it look like if you'd come work with us? And, uh, I mean, I was blown away by that. And at that point, I'm bought and sold. Like, I'm a huge Dave Ramsey fan at sure. that point. So he hired me, gave me a great opportunity when I didn't know anything about anything. Ad sales? I had no no clue. Absolutely no clue how to do any of that. Hmm. But I love people. I'm a good relationship person, I feel like. And so he gave me a great opportunity. I worked with him for 12 and a half years. Now, that first line of my bio... My mom passed away very suddenly, uh, a traumatic thing. I mean, mm-hmm. not cancer for three years and ultimately deteriorated. I mean, it was a, it was like a car crash type, you know, mm. she was healthy one day and a week later, two weeks later, she was gone. Mm. And so it was a, um, it was a shock to the system. Yeah. And, and so, but two things came out of that. Two positive things came out of that. One I became semi-obsessed for like a 90-day period of time with my, my family tree. So I set up the, uh, the Ancestry.com account. I went looking around, trying to figure out where, where does my family come from. And I knew that my mom had been born in Tennessee, and I, I, I thought that my grandparents were born in Tennessee, but I wasn't 100% sure. And I found out through that that my great-great-grandfather was born in Tennessee. So I knew at that point, and I think I'm doing the math correctly because I always get weird with the great or the great great i believe that makes my kids fifth or sixth generation tennesseans and it could even be more than that because i couldn't i couldn't go further back than that sure so i've i'm a native nashvillian i've always loved tennessee the south southern culture but finding that learning that kind of renewed my love affair with the south with where with where we live and then the second thing, and it's so cliche, but but losing mom like that, you take stock of what the heck am I doing with my life? Yeah. You know, you, is you you take you take stock of everything. You look around and go, well, what are the habits that I have that that might reduce the longevity of my life? What what am I doing nine to five? What am I spending the majority of my time on every day? You know, you you start thinking about, do I want to spend more time with my family? Do I want to travel less? Do I want to what do I want to travel more? You know, you, yeah. you life is short. It's the absolute truth. And so I started looking around going, man, I love Dave. I love what I do. I I'm convinced I had the best gig in that building. He paid me very well. He was extremely generous. And by that point, you know, at that point, I'd been with him for 10 years, and it's like, it was just a, it was a machine. I knew how to do it. I could do it with my eyes closed. It was not challenging anymore. And I started thinking, man, am I going to sit at this cubicle and just cash this man's checks every day or every week, every other week? Or do I want to try to go out there and challenge myself to create something from nothing, Hmm. And the, I started thinking about that. And, and it really, it took me two solid years to get okay with the idea of A, not being Dave's guy anymore, because you know, like you go oh, yeah. to work for somebody like that, or you've worked for other high, higher profile people, that when you're in that role, you, you get known in your circle as that's, that's Dave's guy. You know, oh, like, yeah. he works for Dave. And there are, there are perks that come with that. Yes, sir. And so you, you, especially you and I as men, I think men, a lot of times we have this problem of, 
of identifying too much with what we do for a living. Absolutely. And so I've even gotten to the point now where I go, I go to a cocktail party. I absolutely hate being asked, what do you do? What do you do, Chris? Tell me what you do. I hate talking about it. I'd rather, I would legitimately rather ask the question like, are you married? Do you have kids? What are your kids' names? Are those family names? Tell me why you name your kids that way. You know, I like learning more about the people and, and their families. And even, you know, I'll ask people a lot of times, man, when, you, when you're not working, what are you, how do you relax? Do you hunt? Do you play golf? Are you into bourbon? You know, I want to connect with them on some more personal level. I hate asking somebody, what do you do for a living, Kevin? I just think we identify as men too heavily with what we do for livings. So all that to say, I, I started thinking, man, am I, am I going to do sit in this cubicle for the rest of my life? Or am I going to go try to take a risk and take a chance and try to build something? And it took me a little while, but ultimately, you know, February of 14, it was my wife's birthday. Mm. And I went in there and made the leap. It's been crazy. Wow. Okay. First of all, <laughs> I mean, no, 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 that's, that's, I love that because, um, Wow, that's right after I left your New Year's party. So that's, that's a month and a half. I go to your New Year's party. Yeah, yep. yeah. Me and Leah That's go right. Your, go Were you already gone at that point? No, I was still okay, there. you were yep, still there. Yep. So I went to your New Year's party, yeah. January 1st. Wow, man. You know what? It's so the, funny, the, dude. The timeline is coming together, really. You know how your phone fills up, and it gives you a little notification. You're on an iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. And it gives you a little notification of like, hey, your iPhone's full, and mm-hmm. you need to go... So what I do, and there's probably a better way to do this, but I always scroll through my photos up to the oldest photo, and I go, are there you know, 200 photos here that I could just get rid of that are years old? So I did that the other day, and one of my oldest photos on my phone is you, me, and Myra in my kitchen on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. doing this right here, taking a selfie, you know, and I kept it on my phone. I thought, that was a great moment. I'm going to keep it. Man, I'm glad we made yeah, the cut. I should pull it up right now. Come on. I'm well, going to do that while you're talking. Well, well, one of the things that um, I really admired about your story and why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because of the fact that in your you know four and a half plus year history, um, almost five year history, You've had to pivot. I mean, you know, you said you you didn't start out doing events. Mm-mm. Made South in 2014 was a subscription box service where Southern made goods were where you know handcrafted artisans uh, were were shipped to you on a quarterly basis. Mm-hmm. And and you know, for most people, I mean, I, I remember very clearly thinking, "Hey, Chris, how, how's it going?" We first did the pre-order, and like, hey, we got a couple hundred people. Next one, got a couple, couple more hundreds. And I, I was checking in with you, and I was like, "Man, this is doing really well." And then it's like, I talk to you, you're like, hey, Kevin, I think I'm going to get out of the business. I'm like, whoa, 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 like you, this is, you know, by anybody's standards, new guy on the block, not venture funded, you know, all self-funded. And all of a sudden, boom, hundreds of people are paying you to have a box shipped to their house that you're the curator for. And um, look at that photo. I, we look, we look great. <laughs> we also look very happy because it's New Year's. We do. It was New Year's. Yeah. There may have been a little alcohol involved that night. I can't. I will Modest not, amounts, of course. That's not. right. I'm, but for me, guys, anyway, I'm I'm high off life. I don't need much of anything. That's exactly right. Amen. I, don't need, I don't need much of anything. Amen. But what I will say is, I was curious. Say, what did Chris see? Because I do feel like a lot of people would say, from the outside looking in. Man, Chris launched this thing. It's word of mouth. He shares with some folks. Hundreds of people are paying him to have, I mean, like they trust him and his voice and his curation and his sensibilities. And he gets out of that business. 
What did you see? What did you know? Especially early on, because most startups don't have good data at that point, right? When we're like, all I know is how much coming in, how much going out, you know? And yet you still said, hey, I, something's telling me to move out of this business. And I think you've been rewarded for that. I mean, you might disagree with me, but I feel from, from observing, you made the right decision. It's just, how did you know? So, yeah. How did you know to, to, to move out of that from that to events? Um, you know, two, two words come to mind when you're talking about that. And they are foundation and trajectory. So hmm. the first one, foundation, you know, I think you're, you're wise to say, it's my perception. Every time I talk to you, man, we had a couple hundred more people. Or, and, it, and perception, I think, played a big part in, our, in getting this thing off the ground. That people would look at it and go, and we might publicly say, hey, we're going to ship 500 things this month, you know. And that sounds really great, especially, you know, you do the math and you go, okay, 39, 49 bucks a piece, man, that's, that's 25 grand. You know, that's, they're doing, they're doing pretty good. First of all, the, the, the real numbers behind that, that 25,000, you're spending a ton of money on product and packaging and shipping and, and labor and not a lot of money left over after that. And I have four kids. I had three at the time, but have since added a fourth. And they like to eat and their clothes. You know, I'm going to steal some of Dave's lines right now. Like, like every year their pants get shorter. And so uh, they, they, you know, my wife likes to feed them. And, and over the last few years, that's become like, we need to feed them organically. And you know, the, oh yeah, that just means more expensive. Yeah. That, that, and that, so, that adjective adds some dollars. Yes, to it does. And so I started seeing that like, man, this really needs to grow to a certain level to sustain us, to feed my kids. And could it have done that? Yes, absolutely. I firmly believe that. But we did not have a solid foundation. And so here's what I mean by that. Our, our processes and our systems and the technologies that we were using to ship all of those things, they were not put together in the right way. We didn't have them in the right order. And as a result of that, you know, when we had, I think at our peak, we had 750, 800 subscribers. And every time we would have to process a shipment for that many people, Kevin, I would spend hours, I would spend a full day pretty much dedicated to manually shipping that many shipping labels sitting in my office with a little bitty thermal printer and my laptop connected up and copying and pasting different names. I mean, it was a nightmare that when you just got to make it happen in the moment, I got to yeah. grind this day out. But if you want that 750 to go to 7,000, yeah. I don't have a good process. I don't have a good system. And the technology side of it, you know, we, we didn't, every, every week my wife and I say, we don't know what we don't know. If we've never experienced it before, we don't know how to solve for it. Sure. So every time we learn something, it's like, well, we don't know what we don't know. We've never experienced this before. And we had a ton of that. We had never started a business before. We didn't know the right technology. Some of them didn't even exist at the time. The right technologies that would pull that, that, pro, that payment from people every quarter and would do it the right way and would make sure that the customer address was updated. And so as a result of not having the right technologies, we know when, when we would ship 700 shipments, well, we didn't ship, we, uh, the last one we sent you was 90 days ago. When those 90 days, people got credit cards hacked, mm -hmm. people moved, and we didn't have a good way to update those sure. things. And we're a small business. If I'm going to ship 750 things, I have to order 750 things. That's right. So I order the 750 anticipating shipping those. And then when all those charges run, 
man, 70 of them failed because we got debit card issues, you know, roughly 10% of people every yeah. 90 days. And so it's tracking down that. I got 70 things here that I bought and paid for. Yeah. But I can't recapture. I can only recapture maybe half of these that, that missed the first time. And then I got to update. Did you move? I got to manually ask people, did you move? And I got to go manually process and figure out where to ship this label. And I got to find the label that I created, rip it out of the system, tear it up, ask for a refund, go manually copy. It was just a nightmare. Yeah. That as, as I looked at it, I went, man, this has to get to a certain point in order to pay us well. And if it gets to that point... All of these problems are going to be nightmares. They're going to be nightmares. They're not going to be solvable in a day or two days or three days. And so we started thinking, okay, we can either shut it down and, and basically start over and build something new that would scale, but then we need to go back out and actively try to capture all these customers that we once had. Yeah. Or, you know, our second year, we had people saying to us, you should try to do an event and bring these people together. The people who you're putting in your box, you should bring them together, but you should add in food and drink and music and create like a party type event. And we went, okay, well, that sounds interesting. Let's try that. And when we did try it, it worked really well. We had never done an event, but on our very first event, we had a couple thousand people show up. Wow. So we started seeing a trajectory there of, okay, this went from zero to like it was a rocket ship pretty quickly. Yeah. Is it, and it was more fun. Candidly, it's like it felt like we were throwing a party for a living hmm. instead of like packing boxes and figuring out <laughs> yeah. babysitting labels and you know that we went, okay, let's there's only one of me. There's limited funds. Which one of these are we going to pick? Are we going to try to retool this thing and try to grow boxes or this event worked really well? Are we going to try to do more of these? And we just ultimately said, well, let's try to do more of those. We still held on to the boxes for a period of time for about another year after that. But ultimately, we shut those down at the end of 2016 and just focused on events from there. I love that foundation and trajectory. So what I'm so, so, so asking ourselves, hey, what kind of foundation do we have laid? And obviously, I mean, I, this makes a lot of sense hearing you say this now, um, say foundation and trajectory. What does the foundation I have, does, does this better support another model or support the model I have and then testing it to say, okay, what's the trajectory of this based off of what I'm perceiving people's response sure. to it is. So the, so the other question I had, the one that you said in our, in our first version of this, uh, that really said to me as well, you mentioned something saying, Hey, I also asked myself hey, money and time. You said, you, you, you mentioned that fact that, Hey, my wife's homeschooling and I'm, and I'm running the business right now. And so we have these, you know, we had to, I had to be honest with myself about what I, what kind of money I had, what kind of time I had to pull off whatever I was going to do, like just owning those limitations, sure. those opportunities. We, we, we think about, so my wife and I are 50-50 in everything. We're 50-50, yeah. you know, in marriage, in life, in the business. I don't have a checking account. She doesn't have her own checking account. We have one checking account. It's our money. And these are our children, and it's our business. But... The way we think about business versus children, you know, I told you uh, we have four kids. We homeschool. My wife stays at home and handles that. She's unbelievable. Her job is way harder than my job will ever be. Yeah. But the way we describe it, you know, she's managing 95% of our kids' education and running our home, really. And now will she say, hey, honey, 
Here's the curriculum I'm thinking about. What do you think about this for next year? And do you think Jack will respond well to this? And what if we put McKinley in this? And we talk about those things. Absolutely. And she likes getting my input and I appreciate that she wants that. But ultimately I go, honey, I roll with you. You're the one who's doing it every day. And so I trust you to make the final call on that when it comes to running our home and our kids' education. The business, although on paper we are 50, 50, I'm, I'm, 95 plus percent of running the business. And will I get coffee with her once a week and go, Hey, here's what I'm working on. Here's what I'm thinking about. What do you think about this? Is this a wise move to make? I want her input because she's smart. She's wise. And I think she brings a fresh set of eyes because she's not in it every single day. She can say, well, have you thought about this? And I go, no, I haven't thought about that because I'm in the weeds every day. So we, that's the way we think about it. I want her input. On the business, she wants my input on the kids' education, but largely, it's just me. Or at that time, it was just me. Sure. And so I'm sitting there having to look at events versus subscription box, knowing that we only have a limited amount of funds, knowing that it's just me at the time. I can't, I can't say, well, hey, Kevin or whoever, let me delegate the boxes to you, delegate the boxes to you, and here you take a chunk of money and try to go fix that thing and grow it, and I'm going to go over here and work on We can't diversify and split up and yeah. try to conquer both of them. We had to choose one to conquer. Mm, go on. Now, now good. ultimately, good. at some point, I hope that we'll be able to bring those subscription boxes back and do it the right way with a better foundation, better processes, better systems, where, where it's built to scale and to grow quicker and we can do more often. And like we've, you know, we have a warehouse now that we, we can, we've got better shipping systems in place for the things that we do ship that I hope we're kind of maybe not intentionally, but we're sort of building that foundation now Yeah, that when it comes time, I think to, to relaunch that thing, we'll plug in the better technology pieces that we need and we'll be able to kind of grow that and scale it. And that will be another arm of what we do so on a previous episode of the podcast uh one featuring uh bradley martin who works uh, he's a uh, leader of direct the director of sales and marketing at kindful here in here in nashville the crm for uh, nonprofits. he said whenever he has a new idea he would he has a team credit what they call an impact score and it's two two numbers he said um one number is you know how quick can we implement this scale one to five like so five being like Super fast, really easy. One being it's going to take time. And then the other score is what kind of return on our time will we get for this? Like five meaning like, oh, if we do this well, it could be gangbusters on return. One being like limited return, but still valuable, right? Um, so let's take, you know, take let's say a new product you want to launch. Probably one on speed, maybe five on return, right? And he said what he tries to do is ask ourselves, hey, we're trying to find the you know the ones that give us tens, right? That's quick to quick to implement, big on impact, and we kind of can prioritize from there. And I almost hear for startups, sometimes the impact score is asking yourself, okay, how much can I afford to do? Like, you know, how I, how how much can I afford this on a scale of one to five? You know, and, oh. and, and how much time can and how much time can I commit to this? Five being like, oh, I could easily give this time, one being like, I can't give it any time, right? Because if we find tens where I can do it. I don't have the money to do it. We probably should do it um, versus other ways around. So I just thought, man, what if we reallocated or shifted? Because I'm, I'm, I'm asking myself, how do I take what Chris experienced and maybe his own reflection and how can I start to apply that in my own life? Because I do feel something you just said that was also very powerful is that he said, I couldn't diversify. Like it wasn't an option. And I think that sometimes as launchers and, and you know, and entrepreneurs and innovators, 
we have ideas. Like ideas are usually are usually not the issue. You know, uh, ideas or options or opportunities aren't the issue. And to say, okay, I have to own that I can't diversify because the resources aren't there. I've got to pick one and I'm going to let my limitation force focus so I can get results. I oh, can I read you some? Yeah, please. So I listened to a podcast this morning and when I was at a red light, I was like, oh man, that's really good. And it's so simple, but like I just, here's, here's the way I do this. If I'm listening to someone talk, if I hear something on a podcast, if an idea comes to me, if I'm not in front of my computer, I just email myself and mm-hmm. the subject line is whatever I want to remember. And then when I get back and I see it in my inbox, I'm like, okay, I need to process that and put that somewhere. But And this is so simple, but on this podcast today, uh, a guy said, planning determines success. And here's what I believe. We launched the business without really good planning. Hmm. We launched a subscription box service without good planning. So it didn't allow me to, to say, hey, let's get it to a certain point and then delegate that and then go try to add something else to grow the business. Sure. We, we didn't have that luxury because we didn't plan very well. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't uh, a matter of being lazy. Yeah. It was just a lack of knowledge at the time. We had never done this before. And I didn't even know the right things to research in order to make it work the way it needed to work. But I loved, it was so simple and it, you know, people may be listening and going, well, no, no crap, Chris. Like, of course, planning determines success. But I firmly believe we will plan. Now, I think through, I think through how do we plan this thing? How do we launch this thing? What, what's the groundwork now that needs to be laid, the foundation that needs to be laid in order to properly launch it and give it the best opportunity for succeeding? Hmm. Planning determines success. So simple. Yeah, that's no, great to me. So you can think about it and say, hey, the, the ratio to which I'm planning, yeah. I have a pretty clear understanding Absolutely. Of, what's, of what's going to happen once I get into it. Yes. That's awesome. Well, Chris, I know that um, you know, there's a ton of other things that I would love to cover with you. But one of the things that I, I want to also is an even event coming up. And I would like to make sure that those who are, first of all, if they're Southern curious. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, I, I love that phrase too. If you're Southern curious or, or, you, know, or, you, or you, you know, are a Southerner and, and you would love to experience culture, uh, tell us about the events you have coming up and how we can learn more about Made South, how we can connect with you. And then I have, you know, I have one final question with, for you. So uh, the event you're referring to is called, it's our fourth annual holiday market. We call it Made South Holiday Market. It's not a Christmas themed event. You're not going to come there and be surrounded by Christmas ornaments, you know, or Christmas decorations, wreaths, things like that. But it is a place where a hundred plus makers and artisans from all over the South, from Virginia, Texas, and literally every state in between will come together for a day and a half here in Franklin, Tennessee. It's at the factory, I think, uh, November 16th and 17th. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving, which we have identified strategically as this is the time when people start thinking about giving Christmas gifts. And you can come do all of your Christmas shopping. All of it, Kevin. You can meet the people who are making these things. You can you can walk away from this event with a bag, multiple bags full of items that you're going to give your friends and your family, your husband, your wife, your aunt, your uncle, your sister, brother. They're going to love what you give them. You're going to give unique gifts. 
things that have stories behind them, things that you can say, I met this person and I looked them in the eye and they told me why they make this wallet or this scarf or this candle the way they do. Mm. And what the name of this candle, why it's inspired by their great grandfather or whoever it is inspired by. Wow. You're going to learn all of these things. You're going to taste some delicious food because we work chef tastings. We'll have more than a dozen chef tastings over the Friday night and Saturday. Wow. Delicious food. You'll get cocktails. You'll be able to try some some whiskey. You'll be able to try some pecan vodka or some honeysuckle vodka out of Mississippi. Um, we'll have a live music stage. We'll have some different art installations, things that you can get your photo taken in front of that are fun that were done by local artists. So we try to... It's kind of the culmination of our year. It's working in the makers, the food, the drink, the music, the art, all into one experience. It's a Friday night and an all-day Saturday. It's my favorite thing we do. It's the biggest thing we do, and we love it. So you'll be able to come knock out all your Christmas shopping and give amazing gifts this year. Okay, and how, and how yeah. do people learn more about that? They can go to madesouth.com. Is that probably, you're the marketing guy. Would you say I say, MadeSouth.com, or or we've set up MadeSouthMarket.com, which is kind of what we talk about the event being. I think MadeSouthMarket.com. Okay. MadeSouthMarket.com. Get, get straight to the page. Absolutely. MadeSouthMarket.com. You can purchase tickets there. The event, we also use the event as a fundraiser. And, and if you're okay with it, I'll take just Please. half a minute. We partner uh, with a nonprofit for every event that we do. And so this year, it's an organization called GraceWorks. They're a local nonprofit here in the Williamson County, Tennessee area. Um, they're kind of Williamson County's nonprofit resource center. So they operate a food bank. They do a, a school program for kids who need backpacks and school supplies and things like that. Kids who come from families who can't afford those things. Kids who are living on these school meals and who don't have access to a lot of food during the summer. They do summer food programs for these kids. And so one of their programs they do is called their holiday food box program. So they deliver thousands of Thanksgiving meals in a box, a turkey and, you know, beans and sweet potatoes and all green beans and all these things ready to go in a box every Thanksgiving and every Christmas. And so the proceeds from this event will go directly to their holiday food box program. And our goal would be that we would be able to feed hopefully 4,000 families in the Williamson County area. Yeah. So that's a really neat, I love that we do that. And um, so they're our nonprofit kind of beneficiary for this year's event. That's awesome. Well, first of all, I mean, it doesn't take long if you just check out Made South on Instagram or Facebook to quickly fall in love with what they're doing and how they're doing it. Uh, Chris, you do a great job of of advocating for others, other launchers. I mean, at the end of the day, the artisans you celebrate and and, and lift up, they're the same company we want to lift up through what we're doing on, with Launch University. And um, I know I personally appreciate you. You appreciate your heart about it as well. So here's my last question. If there was something, if there's someone who's listening today who has an idea, maybe they're where you were, you know, six years ago when you're still trying to figure out what you wanted to do. Um, maybe there's some pain in their life that's inspired some transformation to take place. Uh, what would you say to them? Um, I'd tell them to do it. Man, I mean, I listen, it's not going to be easy. I don't want to, I, I, I never like sugarcoating things and I've, you know, I come from a sales background, so I was never a hard salesperson. But I could dress things up pretty well. Like I could, you know, I could dress things up. And I've I've come to be more of a realist and I don't like sugarcoating things. It's not gonna be easy. Launching anything is never easy. 
and it will be most likely one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. I compare it to being a father. So having children, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. It is also the single most fulfilling thing I've ever done. And launching a business is is right there underneath it. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. But if you do it, I truly believe it can provide you an immense amount of time freedom. And, um, and it can also pay you very well. And it can be a very, very rewarding thing. And I would highly encourage anybody who's listening to take the leap and do it. That's awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much uh, for your time, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate your friendship and, um, and, and the opportunity to work alongside you uh, on this. So what I want you to tell everybody again, please go to madesouthmarket.com. Go check Made South on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, engage with what they're doing. If you are you know, big into launching university, then you understand that it's really important for us as launchers to all come together um, and celebrate one another. And this is one of the brands that's advocating for a lot of launchers at the exact same time as they're launching their own organization. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast we all, we all, and you enjoyed this episode, we'd also like for you to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, wherever you like to get your podcast. We are there and we'd love to help, you know, love to help you grow on the go uh, by making this process a little bit more automated for you each week. Um, we also want to actually... Ask for you to leave a review. We would love your feedback uh, on this podcast. We say all the time that feedback is your friend, and we'd like the opportunity for, to get your feedback on how we can make this podcast better. Uh, people you want to hear from, you can introduce us to other people you'd love to have featured on the podcast. We welcome all of that because we are a community, um, and we we would love your your voice to be heard. Thirdly, we actually have show notes. So many of the things, you, if you're in the car like Chris was when he was listening to a podcast, don't even worry about picking your phone up just right now. If you're, I just subscribed, by the way. You just subscribed? I just did it. It Thank was super you. easy. It was super easy. Look at that. It it's was, exactly. man. I'm telling you. Um, and, and so you can actually, we'd love you to get show notes. So you go to launchuniversity.com. That's youniversity.com slash podcast. We have all the archive of the other episodes. We have links to things we mentioned today on this podcast. Actually, Chris, what podcast are you listening to? Me personally? Yeah, when you, when, you, when you had your notes this morning, what podcast was that? Oh, I was listening to Gospel Business Strategies. Boom. So a, Gospel uh, Business yeah. Strategies. So we'll, we'll link to that podcast as it's well. fantastic. And so um, you can actually find links to those kind of resources in our show notes. Why do we do that? So that you can focus on your drive, focus on your workout, focus on your yard work, and then go back to what you uh, picked up during the episode. And, uh, and lastly, leave us questions. That's right. So we have links in the show notes. You can actually click a simple link. Or go to launchuniversity.com forward slash question. You can leave questions. And our goal is to get enough collected. We're actually going to do a big community Q&A episode where you get access to Jeff Henderson, lead pastor of Gwinnett Church, also a launcher and, and a, a speaker coach. Um, you get access to Shane Benson, who's the VP of Organizational Planning at Chick-fil-A, David Farmer, the VP of Restaurant Experience at Chick-fil-A. Um, and also help to develop the innovation practice there and access to little old me who can help you with some marketing things here or there. Um, and so our goal is to make sure we do our part to scale mentorship, make you get the access to the principles and practices that you need to launch well and sustain your idea for the long term. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for being part of this community. We are honored to serve you and we look forward to having you join us next time on the Launch University Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. 
We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.